Hello, and welcome to season two of The Technical Foul. Hello, I'm Manton Reese. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are out of practice, Manton. I, 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 I was probably supposed to say my name. I'm Ben Thompson. Yeah, we, we, you know, we had such fun last year. We are back. I don't know how often we'll do it, but hey, we love the NBA and we love podcasts, so here we are. Yeah, and a lot has actually happened in the offseason. When we last talked, finals are just wrapped up. Kevin Durant was still on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, and we both thought he would stay there, which turned out to be completely wrong. Yeah. Hey, it, it doesn't matter, Manton. You have a lifetime supply of bad predictions after being one of the few people to call Cleveland in the finals. So you can you can say whatever you want, and we'll still think you're smart. I'll always have that, no matter what else happens. Most of my predictions, are they're like kind of wishful thinking, kind of what I think will happen. And of course, at the end of last season, one of my wishful thinking uh, predictions was one more year for Tim Duncan. Oh. That did not happen. He has retired. And what what a great, what a great player, all-time great player. Absolutely. And no big ceremony, no big like pre-announcing it for a year and get everyone just like news release. He's, he's retired. And yeah, I mean, just, just a it's a testimony to the fact that he was so understated about himself, not by any means self-promoter that yet he's still widely agreed upon as the best power forward of all time, one of the best players of all time. And you have, I mean, if he was a self-promoter, who knows how we could judge him. I think I was, (laughs) maybe maybe it's gone full circle and now he's such not a self-promoter that's become an an addition to his legacy. But there was, I I tweeted, for some reason it was in, in Twitter over the summer, I retweeted it. There was this clip of like when he first came to the league, him playing like scrimmages of the Spurs practicing and him against David Robinson. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it was it was awesome. I mean, you forget what a what a gazelle he was when he was young. I mean, especially he's been so hobbled the last few years. It is incredible. I I, I don't know if it was what you're thinking of, but I watched a few clips a, a couple months ago too from and it, from that era, and it just it's kind of almost shocking because it's been so long since I've seen him play like that. Uh, it's just, it's really incredible. I, I watched a bunch of old stuff actually. So I got really into the Olympics, um, and watched a bunch of games, all the U S games, a few of the other ones. And as a Spurs fan, it was fun to watch because like there's a Spurs player on like basically the top four <laughs> totally. or five, uh, player. and yeah. one of the things, so Ginobili played his last game, Tony Parker probably played his last game. And I went back and watched the t- part of actually almost all definitely all of the fourth quarter, but bits and pieces of the other of the 2004 Olympics um, game where the U S lost and Ginobili and Argentina ended up winning gold. And it was just, it's interesting to go back. I mean, it feels like so long ago, um, but to go back and watch some of those, uh, some of the players that we're still seeing, they're still in the NBA and seeing how they were 10, 12 years ago. Uh, and Tim Duncan was on that losing team. Um, for the U.S. too. It's very, very interesting to go back and watch that stuff. That's interesting. I, I do have a few comments about the Olympics. Um, first off, the aesthetics of the Olympics basketball was phenomenal. It was like the court was great. The referee uniforms are great. They were they're kind of like a NBA uniform, but they had this little green like dash of color for like the Brazil. Uh-huh. And the one game and the, the best game of the tournament was Brazil versus Argentina that went into overtime. Did you watch that one? Yeah, yes. Oh, it was an amazing game. We're back and forth. But the, the uniforms, Brazil's uniforms were 
phenomenal. They were so good. And then you had the Argentina sporting the like soccer style blue and white stripes. Oh man, it was it was a feast for the eyes. It was, uh, forget about the basketball, which was also great. <laughs> it, aesthetically, it was amazing. Yeah, it's kind of refreshing to see something different. We're so used to watching the NBA. And I watched a couple WNBA games, including the finals. And that too, it was like a little splash of color where there wasn't usually like on the, the ball or, you know, whatever. It's just, it's kind of nice to see something a little different. Sometimes. Yeah. I, I tell you, look up the, the Brazil, the, the uniforms of, of the refs for, mm-hmm. for the tournament. I mean, forget about the fact that the, that the refs are terrible. <laughs> like they always are in FIFA tournaments. <laughs> Their uniforms were fantastic. Um, anyhow, that was our brief aside into fashion. <laughs> That's I didn't even notice that. So I'll, I'll pay attention next time. <laughs> So yeah, the new season here. So we have to start with Durant to, to Golden State. Uh, what, what what was your initial reaction as it changed? What, how are you how are you feeling about this? You you have the most at stake as a Spurs fan here. I I was surprised. I guess I uh, I guess disappointed too because I mean they, Golden State was they were good enough. Uh, <laughs> they already were good enough. They they didn't need to add Durant, and it was very strange too. I don't know if we've ever seen something quite like this where you have a series like that. And then you go, Durant goes to the team that beat him. Um, it's and just, I don't know, it's, it's an odd choice, I guess, but he's obviously having a lot of fun on the new team. And he's obviously played with those guys like in the Olympics again. And I, I guess he's happy with the decision, but it, it was weird and kind of surprising to me. And also, I'm annoyed and hate Golden State now, like uh, everybody else. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. Like, they're like, as a, fan of the NBA I'm very disappointed because I mean that that Oklahoma City you know Golden State series was uh, was just incredible and it was amazing like you felt like Oklahoma City had finally figured it out they'd finally clicked <laughs> and to know that that was the last gasp it was it's I was so looking for that series this year because you felt like that was going to be the finals for the next you know the Western Conference finals for the next three to four years and that that's over and that and that this season more than many others feels so much like a foregone conclusion that is is really is disappointing to the fan. That said, as a sort of person, uh, you know, like I don't begrudge the guy. Like, yeah, we read advice all the time. Like, go someplace where you feel happy, where you feel where you like your coworkers, where you feel a part of a team. Like, any one of us would probably do the same thing. And why should we hold him to a different standard? There was a really great profile of him in the Ro- in Rolling Stone. Did you read that by chance? I didn't see that one. Yeah. You should. I'll, I'll I'll send it to you. But really, get, getting into kind of Durant's psyche and and you know like him feeling this is the first time he's done been able to do something for himself and talk about him, you know, coming up in, in the projects and being incredibly poor and just fully devoted to basketball. And not just because he loved basketball, because that was his ticket out and his mom's ticket out of, of life they lived. And for the first time he's doing what he, what he really wants to do and he wants mm-hmm. to have fun doing it. It's like, how can you begrudge this guy doing that? So I, I'm mixed as a basketball fan. I'm, I'm bummed, but as a person like, you know, I mean, good, good for him. Yeah, I agree with that. If he's happier, even if they don't win the championship at the end, if he's happier and has fun this season and he just wanted to live somewhere, I mean, it's it's kind of frustrating. It must be as a player to be trapped somewhere that you don't necessarily – I mean, sure, you know, they're rich and they can have a house like, um, you know, on the coast. They can, they, can, they can travel a lot in the summer. They can fly wherever they want. But, I mean, it is kind of – you are kind of trapped for a certain number of years someplace. So to be able to make your own decision where you want to live – 
And you only get one career, right? I mean, you you have like mm-hmm. 10 to 15 years if yeah. you're a superstar. Yep. Fewer if you're someone else where you get to actually do, you know, do what you want. I mean, like, I'm very fortunate. I, I get to like, I, I feel super lucky. I write strategy. Like, I, I love it. It's it like, I feel like it's my life's work. And I get to look forward to like 20 to 25 years of doing this or something along these or the doors that this will open up, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a, a basketball player, it's like I, I'm looking at like when I retire in like my 60s or something or 70s or whatever. Durant's looking and any other basketball players looking at their deadline is their mid 30s. Like, I mean, and you think about all the, the things in your life, like, well, I can put up with that a few more years. In the context of your basketball career, that's like 25% of your career. Like, Durant's career is more than half over. He's already played 10 years. Yeah, no, you're totally right. Uh, the, the only, I mean, the flip side of that, though, is that. Yeah, you go where you're happy and everything. I, I do think if he had stayed and eventually won, and maybe he could never have won the finals there, but like if he had, I think it would have meant more. I think we kind of touched on that a little bit last season, and I, I don't think it'll be it'll be quite the same going to the Warriors. And also, it's possible that they won't win. I mean, we we kind of assume that they'll be the number one seed again. We kind of assume that they'll get back to the finals because it's hard to imagine that not happening. But anything can happen. And it's possible that they, they won't win this year. It's possible they won't win next year. Who knows? And I, I don't know. I feel like if he had stayed, he would have guaranteed his place. Like Oklahoma fans would love him forever. And this is not a, like a LeBron James situation where he's going to come back after winning the championship to Oklahoma. That's not going to happen. So, <laughs> right. uh, so it, it's, I'm sure it was a tough decision. I'm sure he agonized over it. If he's happier – that's that's great for him. Not super great for the league, but perhaps. I think we did see the West. Uh, well, we can talk about how the West changed a little bit, but I definitely think there are not like three obviously best teams like there were last year. Uh, I think, well, we should get, yeah, there are three obvious best teams. There's one more point, one more point on the Durant thing, because it, it, it's really interesting. It, it really opens up some sort of deep sort of like philosophical questions here, right? Hmm. Like what's more valuable? Is it the journey or is it the destination? Like, I mean, if you think if, if he goes to Golden State and obviously if, if he won in Oklahoma City, that would be amazing to all the points you just said. And it would be fulfilling and he'd be legendary, all those sorts of things. What would be, and I would imagine he would trade one championship in, in Oklahoma City for no championships in Golden State. Mm-hmm. But w- w- let's grant you that winning in Oklahoma City would be more meaningful than winning in Golden State, wh- wherever, however you measure that. How do you measure five years, say, and presuming all goes well in Golden State, and he gets along with the, with the rest of the team, and they're all and they're buddies, and he feels happy, and they're playing this super exciting pace what value is there to go to work every day with a smile on your face and being just happy to be where you yeah, are yeah. versus bickering with Westbrook or be feeling resentful or all the sort of stuff whatever may have been going on with them which which is totally viable to understand what's happening yes the championships are being worth more but is is that destination that's a slightly better destination than the other destination worth the journey that's worse i mean mm-hmm. probably we because we're fans we think about this we we always think about players in terms of legacy as a person if i put myself in his shoes very large shoes much larger than my shoes i, I don't know yeah. it's it's a, it's a hard choice you're right it would have been different if they were getting along better in oklahoma city and there was more of a like more of a team there. Like the fact that it was kind of revealed that like he didn't really talk to Westbrook at all 
like after he made the decision and hasn't really talked to him since, it sounds like. Uh, that to me is a clue that, yeah, they're, they're not, it, they just, it wasn't great there. If ever, if there was a better team there in terms of not just player skills, but like actually bonding kind of as a team, seems like it might have been more difficult to leave. Yeah. And what gives those, what gives what he said about that credence is if you watch them play, that's what it looked like. Right. You know what I yeah. mean? Like that's why, playoffs, yeah, that, yeah. that's why when he gave his MVP seats and he said all the nice things about Westbrook, the reason why it was so impressive that he said that was because that didn't look like what happened on the court, you know? Hmm. And so this sort of news story rings much truer to, to what we kind of saw this kind of your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn sort of dynamic where they, those two were so incredibly talented that they they could overcome it to an extent, but yeah, it never it never had that feeling of I'm going to make you look good and I'm going to derive satisfaction from your success sort of dynamic. That's that's the case in all sort of great teams. Yeah, it's it's a shame. I mean, we've seen a lot of great players over the years that, and there's a lot of what ifs like if these two players like Kobe and Shaq or you know, I mean, there's there's so many players like. If there something had been better <laughs> with the, how the, the team got along, where they could stay together, I mean, just we just talked about Tim Duncan. I mean, how long he was at the team and how long he played with some players who are still on the team. Like, if you could transplant that kind of legacy of just how long and dedicated you play for a team and you play with, you know, and you get along with your teammates to some other great superstars in the league. I mean, who knows how long they would have been able to have a great run at, at getting a championship. Yeah. No, it, it, it's, it's so, and you see this, I mean, you think about professionally, you see this in work all, all the time. I mean, you and I, I guess are, are both fortunate or unfortunate that we kind of work on our own most of the time. But I, I mean, one of the challenges for me, frankly, working in a corporate environment was like you, the whole, like you have to, get along with, you know, be friendly and put a happy face on every day all the time. And because you're a team and, you know, it, particularly if you, if some say you're Russell Westbrook and you're amazing and awesome and you have a chip on your shoulder and that makes you great. I can just envision it being difficult to be with you or mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant or someone along those lines. So yeah, anyhow, this got very philosophical, <laughs> but it, it is a very fascinating sort of, sort of discussion, I think. Yeah, and it's like we don't really know how the story ends and how things are going to play out this year. Yeah. Well, we'll start out. So Golden State is 66. They're over under 66.5. Are you going over or under? Gosh. I mean, I I would probably somewhere, yeah, somewhere in there sounds about right, 65 to 70. Um, Which is crazy. So I, I, I can't, I, yeah, I can't. I would probably say 65. Like, I don't think, yeah, I would probably say 65 ish I, I i'm having trouble there there's no way they're gonna hit 73 again I, they're not they should they'd be crazy to even go for that because sorry it didn't really work out well last year yeah but they i mean they play well the, the team's very different too though it's like they had to give up a lot to get durant and and it might take some time they're, they're gonna lose some games here they're not gonna go on a 20 win run i don't think i think they're gonna lose some games here and there 65 66 i that sounds right to me that doesn't yeah. sound too far well, off. The, the the thing i come back to is, is yes they're gonna take it easy they're gonna rest players more all these sorts of things the problem is okay we're gonna rest curry tonight so who do we have left oh we still have kevin freaking Durant. yeah right? I, know. I mean we're gonna rest kevin Durant. oh we still have most of our team from last year i mean i think that i think you're 
They are going to lose games that they that they quote unquote shouldn't lose because schedule losses. They're not as deep as they were. Yeah. Um, so so, but I mean to to. 66.5 for them to win 65 games that entails them losing 17 times. I don't know. I guess the, the thing I come back to is all these other super teams kind of had an adjustment period where they kind of had to gel and figure it out. Like I guess LeBron in, in Cleveland and, and um, Miami are the best examples. But, but the thing is in both those cases, I think what was hard, what made it hard to gel is, is LeBron is so ball dominant like he he is most comfortable having the ball, and and that really changed the dynamics of both those teams. When LeBron went to Miami, Dwayne Wade no longer had the ball, so Dwayne Wade had to figure out how to play off the ball. Chris Bosh had to figure out how to be the third option, and so there was a big adjustment there. Same thing in Cleveland. Kyrie Irving no longer had the ball. LeBron had the ball, and so he had to figure out how to play play off him. And Kevin Love was coming in, and all those sorts of things. With Golden State, the core like there's fewer additions. It's not, you're only adding one new player as opposed to multiple new players. And also Kevin Durant doesn't necessarily, isn't the lead ball handler. Like he, he can play off the ball. He has experience playing off the ball. So I, I think they will gel more quickly than super teams of the past. If that makes sense. It, it does. And we're already seeing some of that. It's hard to read too much into the preseason, but they did like the last game, the first game, you know, dominated Clippers by like 55 points. And their last game, <laughs> that Curry, was crazy. Yeah. Curry and Durant combined for uh, some crazy amount. But, you know, uh, I don't know. Sch- schedule I, games happen, like, for sure. And that will be a few of them. By the way, I think your dog disagrees with you um, from what I can overhear. <laughs> yes. so, uh, Lots of barking well, in the background here. Well, that, that, that's a good segue. So I, I think you mentioned top three. I do think there is a – I mean, Golden State is clearly the top team in the West. But I do yeah. think there is a very clear next two in which I'd put your San Antonio Spurs and the Los Angeles Clippers. Like I think those two are are pretty clearly ahead of everyone else in the conference. I mean outside outside of Golden State. So that's probably right, but I'm not sure about number 3. And I've seen actually a few people's predictions having I want to ask you about Utah cuz the Jazz I've seen a couple people put the Jazz up in that top 4, including like the 538 projections have yeah, them at number three. I love the, I love the Jazz. I'm glad you mentioned it. I would do because I do want to talk to them. I think no, I really like their team. Um, so they're interesting because they're a counter to where the league's going. Right, they're, they're they play big mm-hmm. because they have because they have two great big players. Like it's just the way they're they're going to have to play. And they they not only have Favors and and Gobert, but they also have Trey Wiles coming off the bench. So they have three really great big guys. So they're going to play big, and it's going to be super interesting to see to what extent they can tilt the balance between that being a liability against teams trying to go small and, and really pounding people, you know, with that, with that sort of lineup. I mean, I, I like them as one of the better teams in the West. Uh, Hayward being hurt uh, is obviously problematic. I mean, we'll see see how he should be back relatively soon. I think he's going to miss the first bunch of games, but yeah, right. But when they got it so much more depth, like the Joe Johnson signing is great. I, I mean, he's, it's too much for him to start now, but for him being in the backup is really, is really great. And I love the, the uh, George Hill signing. I think yeah. he is such a perfect player for that team. Like he, he can hit the three. He can, he had a off year last year, but two years ago, he was much more ball dominant when ball George was hurt and he had a fantastic gear, but him with, with hood and with, um and with Hayward being, also, you know, pretty significant ball handlers. Uh, it, I, I think it's great. I love the team. I mean, Dante Exum, we'll see how he comes along. But no, I, I'm I'm all on Utah. Mm-hmm. That said, I'm still putting them a tier below okay. the Clippers and the Spurs. Yes, we'll see. I'm having trouble. I mean, I certainly hope 
that it'll be Warriors. I'm still hoping for Warriors Spurs, you know, Western Conference Finals. I'm still hoping for that. I wanted it last year. So I think the top two seems fair. I'm, but the Utah thing has thrown me off because I wasn't like if you'd asked me six months ago, I wasn't expecting them to be uh, in the top few. Uh, I think that team has improved more significantly than most other teams. I mean, a, a lot of teams have either gotten a little better or worse, or they've gotten a couple of good players or lost. That team seems like they've improved quite a bit. Also, they have Boris Diaw now. It was so hard oh, to yes. see him go that, from San Antonio. He's so fun. Yeah. The, the other thing, I mean, Utah last year they had so many injuries i mean just a brutal amount of injuries and they still almost made the playoffs i mean right and they gave golden state a hard time like we could actually be looking at i think if we end up with the western conference finals are golden state versus utah and the clippers versus the spurs like that that's a pretty good yeah for two reasons one clipper spurs is going to be great i'll take that rematch. it was yeah. amazing two years ago yeah um but also, I mean, to my point about Utah playing two bigs, like that's probably one of the few strategies that at least theoretically has a chance against Golden State where, yes, they're going to run you ragged on three-point line, but you get a few games where they're not hitting as crazy as they usually are and you can just pound them on the boards. I mean, maybe that will work. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, it turned out the one that worked was Cleveland where basically they put LeBron James on on – on uh, Draymond Green, and then he could switch on to Curry and and shut him down. That's not going to work anymore because he's now Kevin Durant's in the corners of Harrison Barnes. But I, I, the Utah strategy, you could at least envision a scenario where it at least gives them a, a little bit of a scare. Yeah. So let's move on. To, do you want to talk about the East briefly? I mean, it seems like again, it's it's hard to predict too much outside of another Cavs Warriors uh, finals, which I think yeah, this will be the I first mean, to, if, if, if that happens and who knows anything can change, but I think the first time, the first ever three piece, first three, yeah. yeah three uh, or trilogy, I guess trilogy. Yeah. That's, it's kind of interesting, but do you see anything else interesting in the East um, Chicago? I mean, we <laughs> talked about well, I mean, um, it, amazing team in the 1990s. I mean, yeah. the is, is you, <laughs> shooting is so important now and they just don't have i mean except for outside of doug mcdermott they don't really have any, have any of it this is one of those teams though it's like it, they've changed significantly too it feels like and you know, we talked about the legacy of players staying a long time and of course wade went to chicago which another again kind of shocked me but i guess in hindsight it makes a lot of sense but i don't know a couple a couple of these teams they're different a lot different it's kind of hard to predict where they're going to end up yeah, I mean, probably still still the most interesting is, is probably the Celtics. Uh, I mean, yeah. adding Horford to what was already a very good team is is a really f- fantastic addition. I mean, he's a- already their their best big man defender and their big best man you know big man offensive player and providing spacing. The challenge for the Celtics is I think they I mean they have another move to make. Like they still need like who's going to score the ball at the end of the game. They have guys who are expiring next year. Um, and and rookies who are behind, you know, high draft pick rookies who are behind them. Do they make a move this year to get someone meaningful? I think is going to be super important to watch. But regardless, I think there's still probably this, the two seed. Um, Boston versus Toronto is is you know it's obviously going to be a, a competition. But mm-hmm. I really like that addition for for Boston for sure. Hey, yeah, and I still like Toronto a lot. So, uh, what, where's yeah, the? Uh, so I have to bemoan. I have to bemoan my Bucks. Yeah, well, I'm looking at my, my Bucks. Uh, losing Chris Middleton was was. I mean, he was our best player. I mean, he's not our best player in like the one that means the most to our future, but he was our best player today. 
like our best defensive player, our best offensive player, he tore his hamstring completely off the bone, uh, which sounds Ouch. awful. Yes. Yeah, he's he's out for six months, but probably the entire year. And it's it's just a massive loss. I mean, it's it's gonna be hard to recover from. That said, I mean, and the the Bucks offseason was frustrating because it was good for this year. They added shooting. They added uh, Deladova, who I really like to play because then Giannis can be the point for can be the point guard on offense, and Deladova can play defend point guards on defense. But they spent so much money, particularly on centers and their own centers who aren't great, that they kind of they're locked into this team kind of for the future, and they're not there yet. There might be a silver lining from Mills and being hurt that if they stink, they might get one more draft pick and it might might help them. But point Giannis is going to be exciting. But no one cares about the Bucks for me. But that, that's my that's that's a, that's my quick take on them. Yeah, all right, that sounds fair. And on your over under list is thirty nine <laughs> wins for the Bucks. Does that seem I, that was before that was before Milton's injury? Oh, okay. Um. So yeah, I think uh, it's it, it's in the low thirties now. I think which is probably fair. Yeah. I mean they. They could. I mean, we'll see how it really comes down to how much Giannis and Jabari Parker have improved, how well they'll do. But I, I I don't expect the playoffs by any means and would not be surprised if they're doing poorly and they engineer a way to do even more poorly over the course over the course of the season. So I'm just kind of going through this list again. And we are talked about the Spurs, but on this, it says 56 wins. Oh yeah, how do you feel about the Spurs? You you replace Duncan with Gasol. That's the best you could possibly do, I think, to replace him. Well, it, it, yeah. big fall off on defense and rebounding, though. So I, mean, I actually, so I was watching Gasol during the Olympics again with a new kind of intensity that I don't usually. He's watch always him. awesome. He's always awesome in the Olympics. Yeah, though. well, yeah, but I mean, just to see that he can still, you know, put a you know, thirty-one points, uh, I think ten or eleven rebounds in his last game. I mean, he can do. He plays well. Like he is still a great player. Yes, he's getting up there in age, but he's got championship experience. Uh, I think he will fit in very, very well. So, I mean, the problem with the Spurs is they had to get rid of so many players, um, which is frustrating. But I do still think that their bench is excellent. Uh, I I really do think their bench is very, very good. And, you know, they're not going to have 67 wins again. They might not even have 60. But I, I, I'm still hopeful. I think they're still going to be a very good team. And I think that their you know, sixth through tenth player is still very, very, very good. You got Patty Mills. You got Ginobili still. You got Kyle Anderson, who has a lot more minutes. And Kyle Anderson and Jonathan Simmons, who I really like to watch up close when they were playing in Austin, like getting some practice for the Austin Spurs. I, some, some of those players, like there's going to be a couple games where someone on the bench is going to have like just a – Oh, now we're paying attention to this person kind of moment. So I'm 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 hopeful. I think it's gonna be all right. The problem I see though is I I, I think what you said is all right and fair and correct. Th- that's great for the regular season and beating teams in you know in the winter in February. But when it gets to the playoffs and you shorten your rotation and it really your bench becomes much less important relevant to your best players. The they have a guard problem. Like Parker is not getting any younger. Yeah. Uh he did not was not as good at, in the Olympics as Gasol to say the least. Yeah. And to me that's the big concern I that was a concern I had for them last year and they didn't really do anything to change it for this year. Not exactly for this. Year. I mean Patty Mills is great. And I I think he will get many more minutes this year than he, he normally does. But you're right. It's They're in a weird in-between phase here. Like DeJounte Murray, who they drafted, is 
really good. Yeah. Like, so I watched some of him in the summer league games. He is great, but yeah, he's not gonna, he's not going to be having a lot of minutes this year. It's that could be a few years off before we see him really be able to contribute a lot. And let, oh, what do you think about these Lamarcus Aldridge unhappy slash trade? Nah, there's nothing to that. Nothing to it. Hey, I saw I saw another article that said he's not. He says he's fine. I, mean, I think that's fine. He's only been there a year. I mean, that hasn't been hasn't been that much time. Uh, what he has what a four year deal? I can't even remember. No, that's. That's going to be fine. I am not worried about him at all. I think he'll have a solid year. I think there were some games he had, even in the playoffs, even against Oklahoma City, the first couple of games. He had some incredible games. He will still be able to do that. I'm not worried about him being traded. I'm not worried about him wanting to leave. It's going to be fine. Of course, I'm I'm totally hopeful. I'm totally optimistic. Right. But no, I think I think it's going to be fine. I think they're going to have a solid year. Uh, it is a weird transition period. I'm not expecting that they're going to, you know, I don't have the high expectations I did a couple of years ago. Um, when you come back from a championship, you know, team and you only like change like one thing and basically it's the same team. Right. But I think, I think he'll have a good year. I'm, I'm not worried. We'll see. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. All right. Well, a few teams, uh, just quick rundown of, of teams that are either interesting or we, we probably should talk about. Uh, we didn't, I haven't talked about Cleveland at all. They didn't really make any changes. They added Dunleavy who, I despise and hate with the passion of a thousand fires, <laughs> no, okay. but also think, but also think is a great player to have on your team. Um, if he was on my team, I'd probably love him. Uh, he ha- has had massive health problems the last couple of years, but if he can pull it together, like he's the sort of guy where you could do nothing all year and could be a great addition in the playoffs. But you gotta like this is a team that's played together for three years now, and there's so much value in like it's been the same guys for three years. They have they they, they have the same coach Ty Lue coming in for the full preseason. I mean, they're I can see them just winning games by accident because they've just played together for so long. They're going to be great. Yeah, I can see that as well. And LeBron's awesome. Like, what's never no yeah. one's ever allowed to doubt LeBron ever ever again. Uh, basically, yes. I mean, he, uh, <laughs> this will be, if you make it to the finals, seventh straight finals. Oh, is that it's right? Incredible. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Now, like I said, he's in the conversation for me for greatest of all time. I'm not putting him there yet, but I'm willing to put him in the conversation. I, I completely hold that. Do you think there's anything I saw, I read something just the other day that kind of implied he wants to get the MVP award again this year. Um, well, well he, to match Jordan, he has to, right? He's right. Win exactly. one more. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's kind of interesting how with Durant and Curry on the same team, it seems less likely that either one of those will have a kind of MVP. It's interesting. So someone asked me on Twitter and I just kind of, yeah, I just kind of off the cuff said Durant will win. I just, because I think that, I mean, I think Durant's the, the thing to appreciate is Durant, Durant has had these incredible averages. Like he's an, he's a 50, 40, 90 guy. well, playing one-on-one basically and he's going to get so many open shots like i I think he's going to be incredible that said you're right there's you if if golden state's awesome you can see curry and durant splitting the mvp vote Mm -hmm. and and letting let it go to lebron who who very well maybe this is probably his last chance to win it and there might be an aspect of i think uh bill simmons says this podcast but i think it makes sense like people kind of rewarding him for the finals last year right Right. like we we've been we neglected this guy for a couple of years sorry about that you really deserve another one (laughs) You probably should have won a few more along the way. Here's 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 a mega one there, right? I mean, the stats still have to back it up, but I do think, yeah, I do think there's something to that, right? And he's been, if you look at the vote, you know, totals over the last few years, really, he's been like 
right there, second or third right. or whatever it is. So it wouldn't take a lot for him to have a great year and to get it one more time. Uh, the other team I'm super interested in is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, I think that Thibodeau is, is an amazing coach. I am, I can't wait to see what he does with this team. I think the team is, I mean, just Carl Anthony Downs is incredible. Uh, I really like, I mean, Wiggins it needs a jump shot, but he's, he's good. I like Levine a lot. They have to figure out their point guard position if Rubio is the right one. My brother, my brother is a huge Timberwolves fan, and he loves Rubio. He says he's way underrated. Who knows? He can't shoot at all. Uh, they draft another another point guard and done. But I, I'm I'm super interested to see like what does it mean? Not just a younger team getting better, but bringing in someone like Thibodeau, who has such a track record of success, who who is such a defensive sort of guru. Uh, I'm very interested to see how how they do this year. Yeah, this is something I have. They haven't been on my radar as much, but I'm also really curious and uh do you see where do you see them kind of finishing well their over under is 41.5 which is okay. a big jump i don't have their last year record in front of me but i think that's probably a good like over 10 wins or something which is a huge jump mm-hmm. but it seems reasonable to me i mean because you have two super powerful factors going you, you're going from a um i mean sam mitchell seems like a great guy he doesn't have the greatest tracker in the nba you're, so you're going from a big jump up in coaching which is always translated to five or six wins mm-hmm. and you have the traditional jump in youth players and they have so many young players in their roster it, most pertinently the biggest jump is year one to year two Carl Anthony Towns going to year two like how good is this guy going to be yeah. and and you have those two factors together a 10 win improvement seems very viable and you get to 41.5 you're you're on the edge of the playoffs and if they get into the playoffs and it'd be a seven or eight seed and get some experience getting you know, probably blown out by Golden State. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I think that'd be great for them. So, I mean, it's very exciting. There was a, it's all a little depressing because there was kind of a, a Twitter thing who has the better future, Milwaukee or Minnesota, a few years ago. This is before they got Towns. And it's pretty clearly, you know, the Timberwolves. I mean, Towns is, is well on his way to being a top, you know, top 10 for sure, top five sort of guy in the NBA. I think Giannis has an outside shot at being, you know, top 15, top 10, but hmm. they're, to have Wiggins and then, you know, Levine and they have another top draft pick and done. I mean, it's, it's very exciting. I'm happy for my brother and I'm very, I, I, it's one of those things like, like what effect does someone like Thibodeau have on a team like this? I'm just super interested to see how that's going to play out. Yeah, that's a great point. All right. Last couple teams we didn't talk about, but I want to get your opinion. Dallas. I read something the other day and Dirk was, he was kind of frustrated that like they haven't been able to get into the top four in the playoffs in well basically since they won the finals and the uh and he was kind of frustrated with like we keep our seating is so low we keep kind of just getting uh in trouble in the first round and they have uh taken on a couple golden state uh, players um bogut and harrison barnes went to dallas and when i saw kind of that happening i was really curious but it seems like everybody's completely written them off it's like nope they're not even going to make the playoffs so you got utah now you got there's just there's too many great teams i mean barnes was so bad in the playoffs last year i mean but dallas always surprises every year right but here's here's the question for you if i if i can take it back to where we started so dirk Nowitzki had the career that you were just praising yeah he stayed in dallas he stayed there he was loyal he brought home a title in 2011 that no one really expected but it was so meaningful finally broke through especially after 2006 when they when they kind of choked it away and 
So, yes, he's had now five, six years of a mediocre team. And the problem is Dirk's too good that they can't really tank because he's <laughs> out there. He's yeah. going to win games for you. Yeah. <laughs> but but so he gets one championship and a bunch and a couple great years. And since then, a bunch of mediocrity. Is that better than if Kevin Durant goes to Golden State and say they rip off like three titles in a row? I think it is better, actually. It's certainly there's a point where, when you say three titles, there's a point where you have so many titles. Then, yeah, yeah, that's 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 great. But I, I do think it is better to to stay in stay in one place. The fans will you'll go down in history as like there's not going to be another Mavericks player that good anytime uh, in the next <laughs> decade or two right. uh, in terms of like how respected he is. And he did win. Um, yes, only once. But uh, I don't know. I I do think that's better. I think in terms of your legacy and you, you know when you walk away from the game, you can be proud. You can say, I stuck it out. I tried. And he also sacrificed a little bit, you know, here and there, um, salary wise. He did several years in a row. They finally paid him this year, which was nice. Okay. I mean, it's like he he gave up his salary for a few years, and like and it didn't really work out. And so they gave him a big paycheck this year, and it's great. And it. I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking at his stats at 15, 15 years he made the playoffs. Yeah. Um, oh, an amazing I mean, career. And believe me, my Bucks drafted him, so I'm... <laughs> <laughs> that, that, count, that counts for something. I mean, I think... It, it, I have no idea how... It, it would be a shame if he didn't get a little further in the playoffs one more time before he retires. But I don't... Th- I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's ever going to – it's not going to be kind of like a Kobe Bryant kind of situation where the team is just absolutely awful and here he is just like hugging the ball and shooting a bunch of shots like before he retires. I don't think it's going to be quite like that. I mean, the team has changed too much. They don't have, I think, not enough stability uh, in the roster. But I don't know. I just feel like they will always be a little – they'll always be there kind of right on the eighth, the ninth (laughs) spot. Yep. Um, and him still producing well. Yep. Now, a great player. I mean, yeah, he's kind of the, he's, he's almost kind of the last of that sort of old guard, right? I mean, Garnett mm-hmm. retired too, which we, yeah. we didn't mention, but I mean, he was, I mean, obviously Garnett and Duncan is, is one of the all time great sort of rivalries and, and Novitsky, like that trio of power forwards was, was really the sort of 2000 era of the, of the NBA and, and Dirk's last one left. Yeah. Did that make you feel old now? <laughs> yeah it's 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 good to i don't know it's nice to reflect on that and like i said kind of at the beginning when we started i it's been so long since some of the truly uh, great games earlier in these uh these guys career it's nice to everyone so i'll go back i'm sure when dirk retires i'll go back and you're gonna hate this watch you're gonna the hate finals this, but, but, and, but like there, there's some plays in the nba that you've seen that just stick in your head yeah. and the one that sticks in my head is dirk getting that three-point play against the spurs to, to basically turn that series around uh, way, way back when. For some reason, like this is one of those plays I can envision exactly how it happened. Yeah, and they've certainly had some great matchups. And when the Spurs won you know, the last time, a few years ago, they had a round one go to seven games. Just That's an right. incredible That's right. series. Yeah. Didn't, didn't bother Dirk that they were eight seed. You know, it's like just you still can have a great series. A little bit like the Clippers Spurs um, first round a couple years ago. So Very good. Well, well, it is very exciting. The season starts tomorrow. Uh, I, I could not be happier. Um, 
I I I'm looking forward to it. So we will. I'm not sure how often we're going to record. I don't think it's going to be every week, but we'll we'll check no. in every now and then. Perhaps when something big happens. Yeah, check in after the season is kind of underway, and and it starts kind of incredibly. Golden State versus Spurs first right. night tomorrow night, and UT. Utah Jazz and and Blazers, I think, will also be really good. So I, I like that you start day one. There's already some really interesting matchups that we might see again in the playoffs. That's awesome. That's right. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. All right. Well, it is good to talk to you again, and uh, we will talk uh, sometime soon. Sounds good. Thanks for listening, everyone. Talk to you later. All right. Thank you. Talk to you later.